The night may be long and the dark may be deep, but the answers are there to be found. Whether it's the normal, the abnormal, or the paranormal, you're in the right place. Let's go beyond reality. Welcome to the show, everyone. Great to see so many familiar names and in some cases faces in our chat rooms. Thank you for joining us again tonight. Most of you are regulars and we really appreciate it. One thing I'd really appreciate you doing as well is sharing the link to the show on your social media. Let everybody know that tonight we're going to be talking about wisdom and lessons we learn from the spirit world. So we've got a lot to cover tonight. We're going to get our guest again. Carol Obley will be our guest, spiritual medium and author, and she's also a healer. We're going to talk about all that with Carol when she uh, when she joins us after the break. It's Beyond Reality, and we'll be right back. Please support the program. Go to patreon.com slash Johaw. That's J-O-H-A-W. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. We're excited tonight. Our guest, Carol Obley uh, from Soul Visions, has been the bridge between heaven and earth in over 10,000 group and individual readings. She's been the subject of newspaper articles, has spoken on both radio and TV, as she's going to do tonight, and is the author of four books on mediumship and healing. Carol, welcome back to Beyond Reality. And is it still four books or is, does wisdom from the spirit world make it five? No, you're exactly right. It's four, and thank you so much for having me. Well, it's great to have you here, as always. Um, before we get too involved in our discussion, uh, you know, there's there's a hurricane barreling down on the what looks to be the Louisiana-Texas uh, border part of the Gulf Coast. When things like this happen, do, do, do you get a, a strange... Do you get again any kind of sense from the spirit world, the spirit community, um, that they're in some way trying to help people through something like this? Um, occasionally, I do. And, uh, you know, help uh, higher sense perception mm-hmm. uh, through intuition is always available to every living being. Um, so absolutely. And really, the angelic kingdom uh, becomes very active uh, when we have things like, you know, natural disasters. Uh, like hurricanes or earthquakes, and um, a time that, uh, you know, in our history here in the United States at 911, uh, the angelic kingdom was very active then. So it's a little bit different than loved ones that have passed. Uh, but beings of light absolutely are always interacting with humankind. Is that is is it uh, heightened during times of natural disasters? And I would have to assume that uh, a pandemic would be considered one of those natural disasters. But is it heightened because more people are asking for help, or does the help yes. just come? Okay. Yes, because the thing that people have to understand, and you know, a lot of my work uh, is centered on that, is uh, every person has availability to reach for spiritual guidance and. You know, whether it's coming from what are called spirit guides, and those are souls who help us on our, our with our life lessons and our karma when we're here, or whether it's uh, Ascended Masters or the Angelic Kingdom, the Guardian Angel, uh, those beings are, uh, you know, the higher beings are multidimensional, so they're, they can be many places at the same time. Uh, so they're always available, uh, and they're always kind of interfacing with us to help us grow and, and evolve and and to stay safe. I, You know, Archangel Michael comes to mind because Michael deals a lot with safety and protection. This uh, relationship, I guess I'd have to call it, between those of us who are here living on Earth and the spirit world, is it going on for lack of a better way to describe it, behind the scenes? I mean, are we always being affected and just not necessarily always aware? That is 100% correct. We are always, there's always um, an interconnection between the dimensions. And, you know, in my work as a medium, people have often asked me, where is the spirit world? And my response to that is, it's right here. 
it's simply vibrating uh, at a different frequency than we are. So it's much like a television or a radio. It's broadcasting, but unless you turn it on, turn your switch on, you're not going to receive it. But there is always, uh, you know, the, the collaboration between uh, dimensions happening. How did this all start for you, Carol? You've, uh, as I mentioned in the opening, you've worked with over 10,000 group and individual readings. You've been doing this for a while, very, very uh, successfully, helped a lot of people. But how did it all start for you? Well, I guess it's, you know, I'm a little bit different than some other, uh, you know, the the well-known mediums uh, that people are familiar with, like James Van Prague or uh, John Edward and some of the other folks. I wasn't aware of my abilities until I was in my mid-30s, and that really came about uh, as a result of a catastrophe, and that was a fire. Uh, I was running a business at the time, and uh, we had an electrical fire. It burned the place to the ground. And I've written about this in, in my first two books. And uh, for about a year, I was kind of left directionless. I, I, I couldn't rebuild. And so I didn't know what I was going to do with my life. And uh, a friend called and said, why don't you come to this metaphysical center in a small town near where I live? And I put it off, and then she called me again. And so I said, okay, you know, begrudgingly, uh, I got ready and I went. And everything is history from there as far as my personal um, spiritual and mediumship development. And I started taking class after class. I started with hands-on healing, things like Reiki, which is a Japanese modality of uh, channeling life force energy. And then I studied spiritual healing. And then I became very, very trained and still continue to train in mediumship. Uh, so, uh, however, if you look at my astrological natal chart, my birth chart, the markers are in that chart. Um, indicating somebody that has a predisposition with a sensitivity. So I I came in into life with it, but it's just like any other skill or talent. Unless you hone it and you develop it, 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 you know, can can be just resting there. Uh, But So it's really up to the free will of the individual. Um, But I believe I've also done this in in other incarnations, and I'm, I'm... fairly certain of that. So it kind of came very easily to me, but not until a little bit later in life. So when you say you've done it in other incarnations, does that mean in other lifetimes? Yes. Do yes. You, do you remember those lifetimes? Or do you sense them? I do. There's sort of a... Um, I've done a, an enormous amount of work with clients with the uh, these things called the Akashic Files are also called the Akashic Records. Edgar Cayce, the famous American psychic who did his readings during the 1920s and 1930s, called it uh, the Book of Life. And what those files are, are um, they're a, a recording, if you will, uh, an energetic recording of everything that the soul has ever experienced. So... Uh, one can access that through, you know, something like a past life regression. Um, some people get bleed-throughs of those things in dreams. Uh, some people have the experience of deja vu, uh, you know, that they've been somewhere before, that they've experienced certain circumstances before. And so I've had those sorts of experiences, and um, I've also had other, uh, over the years, other mediums uh, tell me different things, and I really resonated with it. It, it jived with what I had felt myself. You say that, uh, like any skill, any anything that you uh, um, use, and if you being a medium, I'm not sure how to put this into words to make it make sense. But you say you, you you work on it, you learn more, you study, you practice it, and you get better at it. What, yes. What? How does how does how does that work? Are you building upon um, sensitivities within yourself? Or are you learning how to better communicate to the other side? Well, actually, uh, both of those, because it takes many many years, and I, I don't mean this in any way. To, you know, to say that one who's a medium is superior—that that's not the point at all. But it really takes 
a lot of um, the biggest obstacle to overcome is trust, that what you're receiving through these things called the inner senses, clairvoyance, clairaudience, clairsentience, is indeed uh, accurate. So one has to build confidence and trust. And there's also, um, again, you know, to, speaking to this collaboration between uh, the spirit world and here, um, there has to be an attunement that one who is the vessel or the conduit uh, or the medium makes with the sensitivities, with their own sensitivities, and being able to uh, perceive the spirit world and what the spirit people are communicating. So uh, it, it's a process of unfolding. And when I look back at the initial readings that I gave uh, oh, probably about 25 years ago now at this point, and what I'm doing now, there is a world of difference. There is so much more detail in my full-length readings and evidence. I, I work heavily with providing evidence uh, to what uh, the sitters or the receivers of the readings. So that, that takes a lot of practice uh, to be able to um, really refine that skill and to be able to say, even if you can't accept that, I, I want you to write it down and check on it because chances are you will be able to um, validate it. And when you say evidence, are you talking about uh, validation that you're talking with someone who has a relationship with the person who's sitting for the reading? Exactly. So, for example, some evidential material uh, that might come through in readings are names. Um, there's a lot of names in my readings, in the full-length readings. Uh, and, uh, you know, things such as what the person passed from, memories that are very specific and unique uh, to that family or between the communicating spirit and the things that have recently gone on in the sitter's life, uh, you know, things that they're thinking that they haven't even told anybody uh, what these uh, communicating spirit did in their life, perhaps their livelihood. Uh, many, many things can be used by spirit to uh, first identify themselves and then um, the, the core of the reading giving the message to the sitter. When you're getting, when you first make contact, let me just assume that someone sits down for a reading with you and you start the, the process. When you first make contact, do you have do you go through spirit guides to reach the person that you're trying to contact specifically or does that person just come to you knowing that you have a loved one in front of you that you're doing a reading for? Yes, very good question. Um both. Uh, however, um there are many spirits who come on their own and I have very strong boundaries. Anyone who is skilled in this field is not constantly walking around seeing spirits. You know, I, I think reality shows have kind of given the general public a, a misconception about mediumship. Yeah. And because they're reality shows and that they're doing that, you know, because it's, it's interesting or, you know, somebody goes to a drive through window and, oh, you know, I see your husband here in spirit or whatever, or, you know, goes to a grocery store. And that does not happen. Um, but I will tell you that uh, there are spirits that come to me before reading and before I do a lot of gallery mediumship or mm -hmm. groups, and sometimes they will come ahead of time. Uh, an example I can give of that is there was a group I did last year, and uh, I sat quietly. I had no idea who was going to be at this group. It was a smaller group, maybe about 15 people. And uh, a spirit came and gave a lot of specific information. I sat with a piece of paper, and I wrote it all down. And, it, I mean, there were names. There were uh, very specific uh, evidential material in that, you know, what I was receiving. I took the paper. I went to the group and uh, gave other messages. And then I uh, stood up, and I, I said, you know, there was a, a gentleman who came to me before I came here this evening, and I read off all of those, and lo and behold, there was a woman there. It was her husband, and he had been a veteran. He talked about the places he was stationed. Uh, he gave names. He talked about what he passed from. There was many validating um, you know, specifics in that. So 
sometimes they do come to me ahead of time, uh, and that has happened a fair number of times. Um, there's another example that, believe it or not, those in spirit actually have to go through a training in order to reach my mind because I'm here in a physical body. They are not. And just as I have had to go through training to be a medium to raise my vibration and my inner senses, they have to undergo training in order to lower theirs because they're vibrating at a much uh, higher velocity than we are here in, in the physical plane. So if a spirit does not know how to do that, but they still want to communicate, sometimes my spirit guides will intercede in, in that process. There's also the example where um, there's uh, a spirit that does not know how to communicate and there will be another family member connected to them that will deliver the messages. So it's really, a, you know, it's a combination of, of those things. It really depends on the circumstance. So help me understand this. We have a lot of people that come on the program and they are a psychic medium, not just a medium or not just a psychic. They're both. Are all mediums psychic as well? Are these two things interchangeable or are they just very different, but some people have both sensitivities? No, most mediums, uh, anyone that I've ever met, and myself included, um, is very psychic. And in other words, the, the real difference is psychism is being able to read energy uh, surrounding a person in the energy field and what is likely to occur. And I, I emphasize the word likely because there's this thing called free will, and every human being has that gift of free will. So there, there can be, there's choice. And, in fact, that's part of what I wrote about in this new book, Wisdom from the Spirit World, about the power, the power of our choice. Mediumship is an actual... Uh, reception of communication from souls. Uh, so it, it's different in, in that sense. Now, I do know and I've um, seen mediums, or I'm sorry, psychics, who do not communicate with the spirit world. They're, they're simply, you know, talking about things like uh, career, finance, or, you know, what's likely to occur in a certain situation. Um, so that that's really the difference, and it really is a different skill set. Um, there, there's a whole set of skills that have to be developed that are different when you're doing mediumship. Why is it important for people to communicate with those that have departed? I mean, there's there's some obvious answers, but from your perspective, why do you think it's important? Well, there's one word, and that's healing. And for people now, healing is really my definition of healing, and I've actually written this in my books. It means a, a return to understanding that we're a divine being. And mediumship provides that uh, remembrance, if you will. Um, it also provides the knowledge that we don't cease after we leave the physical body. So, it can be. It can create a lot of comfort for people. It can uh, create validation for people. It can. Uh, I can tell you about many readings I've done with people who have lost children, and uh, they're absolutely devastated. And so, uh, a good reading should provide uh, spiritual direction, comfort, hope, and also the knowledge. Uh, of free will, and also that we always have personal responsibility. So there's a lot of things that this work can really provide. I'm very honest about it, and I'm extremely genuine in all interviews that I do and in all of my work and my, my books. Uh, there's nothing embellished or anything in anything that I do. And I tell people, this is only one tool in the toolbox. There are many other things. There's, uh, you know, psychological counseling, uh, you know, spiritual practices like yoga and meditation, prayer. Uh, all of those are, are equally important. This is not a cure-all. It's not the answer. There should never be a dependency. Um, there are. I work with high ethics in my work, and anybody who is worth their salt in this field uh, is working ethically. 
because there is a lot of personal responsibility um, when you're, you know, helping people who are grieving or helping people on their life pathway. You touched upon it very diplomatically, but I want to ask you a little bit more directly. Are there less than honorable people in this business? Yes. How do we yes. how do we separate the the good from the bad? The you know how how do we know? Well, as I uh, wrote in my second book, I'm still with you. Uh, I talk about how to find a reputable medium, and the best way is through word of mouth or referencing someone that has had a good experience with that person. Uh, someone who, you know, they were able to validate most of the material that was given. They gave no information. Um, you know, the, I, I, I always say, and it's, it's kind of funny, but I could take out a, a $5,000, um, you know, ad along the highway or something. It's not mm-hmm. going to do for me what word of mouth has done. Right. And that's just the way it goes. Uh, and, uh, you know, I get many clients because I've on a lot of radio over the years, many, many years of radio. Uh, but there's a lot of people who contact me that have read my books. Uh, but there's most people who contact me have been referenced. Um, so it, I'm very grateful for that. I certainly understand and, and can personally uh, appreciate how contacting a loved one on the other side can be a healing uh, experience, particularly when you've just recently lost that person. Is there any time frame involved here where you say it's too soon? You you just need to you need to take some time to yourself before you start trying to reach your mother or your father or whatever it happens to be. Yes, you should be able to. You, nobody can nobody can do grieving for you. That is a very individual and private thing, and people grieve in different ways. I know we've all heard that, and it's. But it's very true. So nothing can replace walking down that pathway and dealing with it on your own. And that's why I tell people you need to go through that process before you seek a reading. And you need to be able to get through the reading without breaking down, sobbing, you know, um, because that's not doing anybody any good. And yeah, personally, I mean, I, I like feedback of a yes or a no or I don't know, that sort of thing. I never want fed information. Um, but it really, uh, again, it's not a cure-all. There are many uh, things that people can do, many practices that people can do uh, to get through grief. And this is just one of them. So I think people who, uh, in my observation of many years of doing this work, People who make it through grief a lot easier and a lot more smoothly are those who have a spiritual anchor, and that can be anything. It doesn't have to be, you know, Christianity. It can be any of the major religions. It can be just general spirituality, um, you know, connection with nature. Um, but that looking beyond yourself, beyond your own ego, people who do that have a much easier time of grieving the loss of somebody. Which is never easy. It's not easy for anyone. I don't, I mean, I, I don't know of anybody who's had an easy time when they've lost a loved one. No. And, and, you know, I, I'll put pets in there too, because, sure. um, you know, there are many readings that I have done in which pets have appeared and, you know, dogs, cats, horses, turtles, birds, <laughs> you name it. Uh, but because they are also a spark of the divine, they don't die either. And so a lot of times they will come through and I'll say, you know, your mom's taking care of the dog. And the person will cry on the other end. And they'll say, yeah. oh, I asked my mom to take care of my dog, you know. Um, so, you know, people grieve. Uh, I've never had children, you know, so I've always had pets. And my pets have been like children to me. And when they've passed, it's been devastating for me. And so, um, you know, I think it's good to know that uh, the bond of love is eternal. In fact, that's one of the lessons in, in my new book that I've learned through doing this work, that, you know, love is never destroyed um, with pets or with people. Uh, it, it's always intact. We're talking tonight with Carol Obley. Uh, Carol, 
has a website which you can get a lot of information about her work. It's called soulvisions.net. Uh, it's very easy to find. She's a spiritual medium, an author, and a healer. Carol, it's it's easy to understand how uh, working, uh, getting a reading, contacting someone on the other side can help you with grief, can help you overcome that sense of loss. You also talk about how these types of readings can help you with career, with finance, with relationships. How does that come into play? What kind of what kind of guidance can you get from the other side that's going to help you with real world problems like that? Well, I, I think part of that is uh, that's more of the psychism that we were talking about okay. earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, and I consider those life guidance uh, types of readings. And I'll tell you, a lot of times the spirit communicators, in other words, the loved ones of the sitter, will uh, oftentimes deliver those kinds of messages. And so sometimes the information will come from them. Um, because they're being helpful because of that bond of love, and they don't want to see us struggle or, you know, uh, go through things. So sometimes uh, go through a lot of challenges. Um, However, they cannot uh, and will not learn our lessons for us. They can't tell us what to do. I certainly can't tell anybody what to do. Um, And anyone who does that that's working in this field, I would tell you to run away because, that's a power grab, and this is not about having power or control over people. Uh, but certainly, uh, I do a lot of life guidance sorts of readings. You know, people making decisions. Um, you know, what do you feel about that? Um, you know, career, money, uh, all of those kind of earthly things. And I think part of that really comes through with me, too, because I'm an extremely practical individual. Uh, my son signed Capricorn, so, um, you know, I'm very practically oriented. And so, uh, you know, I kind of have that uh, coloring to my personality. Uh, so it's sort of natural, uh, you know, that I can do that sort of thing, too, in addition to uh, mediumship. You brought up something that uh, I find very, very curious. Have you ever had a circumstance where you're doing a reading for someone and the contact you have on the other side is misrepresenting themselves, pretending to be someone they're not? Uh, You know, I can't say that I have. And the reason for that um, is because of the evidence that's given. And uh, that's why I know that there's people who differ on this, but uh, I don't ever advocate the use of things like Ouija boards, uh, spirit boards, or whatever you want to call them. Uh, There's too much room for manipulative spirits to come in, and are they a reality? Yes, they are a reality. There are manipulative or dark energies, Um, and especially if a person is unskilled and really doesn't know what they're doing, you can open the door for that. I've personally read for people who have opened the door through Ouija boards, and then they get spirits in their home, Mm -hmm. and they can't get rid of them. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, you know, my work is about healing. I, I work with uh, very high energy and always with that intent. So I really don't attract dark energies at all. Um, so personally, I haven't had that, but I've talked to people who have. I can imagine that um, maybe someone was, is going through grief, yet they don't believe in you know, the soul uh, being eternal and another and the other side, they don't believe in those things, but maybe they have a friend or a relative that says, you know what, you really need to go sit down uh, with Carol and at least talk to her, let her do a reading, just see what she has to say. Um, in those circumstances, when you talk with someone who doesn't believe, how do you handle that? And what's their reaction when you start to give them information that clearly you can only get by having this conversation with their past loved one? Well, there have been a number of people who have come to me like that. In my second book, I I give an extensive uh, example uh, of a young woman who came. She was a complete skeptic, and her uh, she was uh, I think she was in her thirties when she when she came. She had uh, her husband had just died instantaneously from a massive heart attack. She Mm. was completely devastated. They'd been childhood sweethearts. And she came to me as a complete skeptic. The information that was given was uh, very specific, and she 
wrote a testimonial and said, you know, I on my way here, I thought I might as well take this money and throw it out the window. You know, there's nothing going to happen during this reading or whatever. And she had never had a reading before. But she was really blown away by what he came through and told her. And so there, there's been... Uh, yeah, there's been a lot of people uh, like that, and I, I don't really know what they expect uh, because, to me, I'm just doing what I do, and I never take the credit for any of it other than, you know, being the conduit and the, the bridge, so to speak. Um, but, yeah, the reaction is, is interesting. <laughs> um, I try to detach from people who don't like me or people who, you know, aren't open to people who think it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. You know, I try to detach from all of that because if I become attached, if I really buy into anything, then I, I you know, in a way I, I become weaker or I'm become ineffective. So I try to really stay the same and, you know, meditate daily and meditate before every reading and, um, you know, but it, yes, it is a very interesting reaction. You mentioned the word bridge, and I think on your website you you talk about being the bridge between the living and he- heaven. Is it always heaven? And I don't mean that in in what we think of as the religious sense of heaven. But is that where our our departed loved ones reside? Is it a heaven like place? Yes, there are many levels to it. And levels meaning planes of consciousness. Okay. This here, this earth, this is an earth plane. This is one level of consciousness. Now, when someone dies, uh, you've probably heard, and I'm sure that a lot of your listeners have heard about going through that tunnel of light, and that is true. And we go to the place that matches the level of our consciousness that we left earth with. So, you know, somebody who was, um, you know, what we would consider a bad person, a murderer, or, you know, um, you know, like a Hitler or a Jeffrey Dahmer, whoever, you know, a, a criminal, um, they don't automatically go and sit on the clouds and play harps with angels. Uh, they would have to go through a process of transformation and uh, healing, but there is always the element of free will. So that soul has to communicate the desire to uh, lift their vibration in order to uh, transform spirit because we're always responsible for what we do. That's a natural law. That's the uh, law of karma. What we put out comes back. And uh, that law is always operating whether people are aware of it or not. So the different levels, and the closer you get to earth, they actually become denser. And so there are spirits who are in those levels. And the vast majority of people really go to the mid-planes. Mid and um, interestingly, I've read a lot of channeled uh, books that I really resonate with that describe what it's like in the spirit world. And it's quite beautiful, and I've been very blessed to see and have glimpses of into the spirit world um, with the communicating spirits, and they show how beautiful it is there and how colors are very vibrant and how there's a serenity that is there and that it's always daylight and it's always summer. Uh, Now, that isn't true if you get into the darker realms. And, yes, there are spirits that reside there. But, again, they would be those who left Earth with a, um, you know, with sort of the the bad qualities uh, that that we think of. Uh, So until they uh, change their level of consciousness, they can't ascend to those higher levels. I was always... um under the impression that let's just use the word heaven uh, because it's harder, it's hard to describe it otherwise, but that heaven was what you made it. In other words, if you, you just mentioned it's always summer, it's always nice. What, if that's what you like, that's what it'll be for you. If you like, you know, sitting by a, by a mountain stream fishing, if you like that, that's what, that's what it'll be for you. Any truth to that, that, you know? Yes. 
In fact, I'll give you examples, um, and I've written about these in my books. I will often see uh, spirits engaged in hobbies or activities. You mentioned about fishing. Mm -hmm. Uh, They will sometimes come through, and when they do that, you know, say, for example, use the example of fishing, that person usually did that when they were here. So that unto itself is a piece of evidence that identifies that spirit communicator to the sitter or the receiver of that reading. But they can also do that in the spirit world. And, yes, that, that is true. The other thing that's very fascinating, there are many, many readings I have done in which not knowing anything about the deceased person, I'll say, you know, he keeps showing me teaching that he's carrying on with doing what he was doing when he was here. He's a teacher uh, in the spirit world, and the person will go, oh, yeah, he, he did teaching when he was here. Um, so we continue on with uh, our work, you know, what we were doing there and to uh, here in the spirit world, two of the most highly revered uh, positions, if you will, in, in the spirit world are teaching and healing. And uh, I learned that a long time ago, courtesy of my own spirit guides who told me that. And there are also uh, spirits that kind of come in and attend, and this sounds really crazy, but uh, they will actually spiritually come in and attend uh, spiritual, you know, workshops or gatherings that are happening here. So learning and spiritual evolution never ceases. It never stops. It's, it's continuous. And that's what reincarnation is as well. Um, you know, there's a, a long time ago I was doing readings, way back when, and I started, and it was the usual things, you know, about a career and, you know, boyfriends and girlfriends and money and all those, uh, the common questions. And I started seeing scenes uh, above the sitter's right shoulder. And I, I would, uh, you know, I started describing them to the person, and they would say, that's funny. I've always been attracted to, you know, the Greek culture. I've always been attracted to uh, Germany or, you know, that area of the country or whatever it might be. And what I discovered was I was seeing prior incarnation for these people, and then importantly, more so than where they had been, was what the karmic themes were uh, for those people and how that kind of interfaced with what they were dealing with currently. Uh, So I never really asked to receive, you know, reincarnation or past incarnation information. It just spontaneously started coming to me. And now I do these things called Akashic Record Reading, uh, where it's tuning into, you know, what that person is dealing with as far as karmic themes, what some of their skills are, what they've brought in from past uh, experiences here. It's truly fascinating. I have a, a question from our chat room that uh, needs a little bit of clarification. We talked about um, he- heaven uh, as a way to define where the spirit world exists. You mentioned several, many planes, many levels. Um, what happens to someone who in life was the, no- the, 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 the notorious Hitler or the Jeffrey Dahmer or the, the, somebody who just lived a horrible existence here on life? Well, I don't have all the answers, but I have um, insight from a lot of reading that I've done, and I mean reading books, uh, channeled books uh, from souls that have channeled that information through the conduit or the medium that's here. And apparently, uh, and this I have seen from my own readings, say that someone passed um, that had terrible drug addiction, opiate opioid addiction. I've read for many parents who have lost, Mm -hmm. as well as siblings uh, that have lost, you know, their sibling or their child uh, to a drug overdose. There's a uh, healing that has to go on, okay? Now, that's one thing. That's with addiction. And there's counseling there, just as there is here. With people who were, uh, let's just say evil, I, I don't really like to use that word, but for lack of a better term, um, like a Hitler, like a Dahmer, 
uh, like a Ted Bundy, you know, there has to be a transformation and a spiritual um, rejuvenation that takes place with that person because we everything that comes to us we we earn and whether that's positive or negative we create it and so we receive it so everything that i create i receive and even though it looks like there may be victims in life uh truly there are not victims now i know some people might take issue with that but I have not seen victimhood to be true. There are lessons inherent in these things called blueprints, and I've written extensively in my books about blueprints that the soul makes before incarnation. So there's always free will operating. There's always choice. People who choose to do evil and to harm others are responsible for that. So they will go to the realms, the the lower realms, the darker realms, until they indicate the desire to uh, change. You know, it's just like here. uh, Nobody can force you to think a certain way. Nobody can force you uh, to change. Nobody can force you to, to go to counseling if you don't want to go to counseling. Same way in spirit. So until those souls would indicate that they want to change, they're stuck in the in those realms, and I will tell you that um, there, there's some interesting material that I've read in which uh, there are some souls that actually, through their thoughts, have created prisons around themselves in the spirit world, and they cannot leave those prisons because the prisons are they're self-created by their own thoughts, and until they change their thoughts. They can't um, deconstruct those. Again, tonight we're talking with Carol Obley, returning guest on the program. Carol is a spiritual medium and an author. Carol, you've done over 10,000 readings for people. Some are group settings, some are individual readings. Um, I'm sure over the course of those many, many readings, you've had some very, very compelling messages that have come through. What are some of the ones that stick out in your mind as being particularly unique? Oh, boy. Um, Well, I remember, um, and this is a story actually uh, from my second book, I'm Still With You, True Stories of Healing Grief Through Spirit Communication. Uh, There was a family who came, and uh, I I am very compassionate with people who have lost uh, kids, no matter what the age. And uh, it was a mom, a dad, and a sister of this young man. He was, uh, I think, 21. He was killed instantly in a car crash, and um, he gave very, very specific uh, evidence in in the reading. Even the name of the friend that uh, sadly came upon this accident and found his friend, uh, and um, then very curious things happened uh, in that session, Um, you know, lights flickering, him coming through and saying, these are signs I give to my family uh, through the television set, uh, these things called ADCs. Uh, that, that term was uh, coined by Bill Guggenheim in his book, Hello from Heaven, and it stands for after-death communication. That's without a medium. That's between the spirit world and the receiver. Uh, so there's been many readings in which, uh, you know, that sort of thing happens where the person will say, you know, I've given you this sign, and then the sitter, sitter will go, yeah, the, you know, I validate that, that that's happened. I thought it was him. Uh, so there's been a lot of examples of that. There's been many examples. I do walkthroughs on properties. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did one of those a couple of months ago, and um, this was very rural here in western PA, and um, um, it, it had been a Native American land, and there was a lot. I gave the lady a lot of information. She got back to me a couple of weeks later, and it was simply astounding to me. I mean, my my hair stood up <laughs> at the things that she had discovered that had come through in those readings about uh, the connections to that land. Uh, things that you know, I absolutely would have no way of knowing, uh, but that came through. Uh, in that, you know, that walkthrough of that property. And I've done a good bit of that, and even doing sort of a remote viewing 
Uh, those things always astound me when, you know, remote viewing, uh, that sort of thing comes through. I call it traveling clairvoyance, and that's when uh, those in spirit will actually, they'll, they'll kind of take me through uh, their home and tell me, you know, this is there or that's there or, you know, a memorial that was built for them, just very specific things or, you know, uh, validating circumstances around their life, um, messages that are delivered to a person that's not even present that are very accurate. That just happened two days ago. A person called actually from California to a lot of national phone readings, and uh, the lady was inquiring something about her uh, for her neighbor. And uh, I gave her information. She said, well, I don't know. You know, I, I don't know about this, so I'm going to write it down. I'm going to ask her. She emailed me the same day and said it was absolutely astounding, uh, the details that were given there. And actually, it was about this, it was about this lady's dog, the neighbor's dog. Mm. And uh, my client didn't know anything about prior pets or, you know, other circumstances, names and so forth that were going on. Uh, so, you know, the circumstances like that um, just really, they astound me because I, I marvel at the um, the ability of spirit to bring those sorts of things through. And sometimes I, I just stand back from the whole thing and say, I don't understand how this works, you know. I just, I just don't understand it myself, and I, I don't know how it works. Um, and I always say, the, you know, the older I get and the more that I do this work, uh, I, I really don't know how it works. I just know that it does work. Uh, so those are just a few of the examples. Um, if people are interested, uh, my second and third book, and my third book is Soul to Soul Connections. Uh, there are direct transcriptions in there, uh, no embellishments from readings that I've done. Uh, phone readings, the third book, a lot of phone readings, and the second book, in-person readings. Uh, and those are direct from my readings. I sat with headphones on and transcribed on the computer wow. uh, what was said um, you know, during the course of the readings. Wow. Let's talk about the new book. Uh, it's called Wisdom from the Spirit World, Life Teachings on Love, Forgiveness, Purpose, and Finding Peace. Now, the book has been released, right, because it was going to be released this month, so is it out now? I believe it is. I definitely have <laughs> copies here. If people are interested, mm -hmm. uh, you'll get an autographed copy through my website. Um, Amazon, I believe, the release date is September 1st, uh, and it's on Kindle as well. All of, all of my books are on um, Amazon and also on Kindle, and I have meditation CDs and all of that. Um, this book is close to my heart, too, because it's really a compilation. Wisdom is a, a compilation of these 10 primary lessons, um, and the difference between this book and the other ones is this one is, um, I use composite examples in here. So they're not direct transcriptions from readings like the second and third book, um, but they're more of sort of themes that have run throughout the readings of what the spirit world wants to tell us and how they help us with our with our lives with with challenges uh the inspiration they give us the encouragement that they that they give us um and so i felt it was very important to pass that along uh so that people can benefit from it when people pick up this book they read this book is it any is it different than your others um in the sense that you you, you do you take a lot of time relating uh, readings in many of the other books. Do you do that in this one as well? Not as much, but to illustrate every point, there's a lot of dialogue mm -hmm. in my second and third books. They're easy reads, and they're very, all my books are very simply and plainly written so that people can grasp the, um, the spiritual concepts that, that I communicate through my writings. Uh, this book is, is different in that... Um, it really deals. I, I always give examples to illustrate the teachings, um, and like my other books too. There is the third section is about the reader, and you know how can I find my life purpose? Um, you know how how can I alleviate, especially especially now? And I didn't know this 
at the time I was writing it, but how to alleviate anxiety, um, you know, through mindfulness and how personally I share my story of um, a terrible, terrible bout of anxiety that I had not so long ago and how it really brought me to my knees and how I had to um, awaken to, you know, being in the moment uh, because anxiety is always what's going to happen. You know, what it's um, Eckhart Tolle always says, he's one of my favorite spiritual teachers, he says anxiety is what happens between now and then. And uh, it's true. So, you know, the, the, the rational mind is always in the past or in the future. And I think a lot of us get lost in that way. So I spend a lot of time in this book, too, talking about how can I anchor um, a spirituality within myself, something that's easy, something that I can do, something that doesn't cost any money, and that I personally have the ability to do it. And so in the third section of this book, um, I really go into detail about how to do that for oneself. Also in the book, and you've mentioned these two terms already tonight, but you talk about soul maps and karmic lessons. What are these, and how do they affect our lives? Yeah, well, soul maps are um, they're, they're the, the design for living, and it's kind of our internal navigation. It's um, I always say intuition is the internal compass, and it helps us to, if we follow, if we follow and pay attention to our intuition, that's the voice of our soul that's leading us down uh, the pathway of least resistance to alleviate suffering. And, you know, I think that's common to you know, the human plight is suffering, and, you know, Buddhism talks an awful lot about that. Um, if we pay attention to our intuition, uh, that's where we're going to alleviate a lot of that. Um, so the soul maps are really our, our internal navigation system that our soul wants us to follow. And the karmic uh, blueprints that I've written about in all of my books, and it's a little bit different than contracts. And some mediums and some spiritual teachers call them contracts, but I believe they're much more open-ended than a contract. To, to me, a contract is something that's very binding, and there's not a lot of wiggle room in it, whereas blueprints, there is the element of free will. and We can choose um, the different pathways that we're going to learn our lessons through. There's also the Akashic or Akashic Files. How does the how do the Akashic Files fit in with karmic lessons and soul maps? Are they all part of the same thing? One hundred percent, they are. And right now, sitting here, you and I are adding to our Akashic Files. If you think of the Akashic Files as a giant, endless tape recorder. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm probably dating myself with that. You know, I've gone through the whole era of records and, and cassettes and not now CDs um, and digital, you yeah. know. Uh, but that's really what they are. They're energetic, and they are stored uh, with the soul. They travel with the soul uh, from lifetime to lifetime and in between lifetimes. So everything that we do say, think, believe, that's all in the Akashic file. And also our plans, our pre-birth plans, are written in the Akashic file. Now, um, I actually offer a webinar, and I have one of those coming up, where I teach about the Akashic files, and especially um, in relation to Edgar Cayce, the famous American psychic. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And he was actually a trance medium. He left his body when he was doing his readings. And then I lead people into accessing their own Akashic file by leading them to the what's called the Akashic Library. And there is an actual um, place in the spirit world that is the Akashic Library. And there are keepers or beings, wise beings, who, um, you know, are in charge of that place. And every soul has their own book that is completely unique to them. Carol, you spent a great deal of time in Lilydale. I've been there, too. I've actually had some speaking engagements there. But tell me what you think is unique about Lilydale, and, and, and tell me a little bit more about your time there. Well, 
yeah, it's the largest center for uh, in the U.S. for spiritualism, and spiritualism is actually a religion, and uh, it has creed and you know it has um, different tenets of, of belief. And the main belief is that it is um, communication between all planes of existence as a reality, and that it that it is possible to prove the eternity of the soul through mediumship and also hands-on healing. Uh, I've done been to the healing temple. There's a healing temple in Lilydale that's very nice. So I've taught many workshops at Lilydale, and um, I've been very blessed, you know, to be there. It's a Victorian, a small, gated town. And if you've been there, you know that mm-hmm. uh, most of the people who live there are uh, mediums, and they have gone through testing to be able to give readings and to live there. Uh, it's very haunted, and um, there's times I've been there. I know people are probably going to think I'm, you know, a bit out there, but I've actually seen uh, Abraham Lincoln there. Oh wow! Um, in the there, there's an old Victorian hotel. It's called the Maplewood. There's no central heating. There's no air conditioning. It's from the Victorian age it's you know it's very it's very quaint and uh it's very very haunted well there are channeled um uh drawings in their paintings in the lobby of the maplewood hotel and abraham lincoln is one of them is through the mediumship of the cooper brothers the cooper brothers were uh uh two men who were mediums and i believe they were in the late 1800s early 1900s and they would actually do these spirit drawings. And one of them was Abraham Lincoln. Um, so I, I've seen that. I've seen many Victorian uh, people, you know, women with the parasols and the, the long dresses. Uh, Native Americans, um, because they were very connected to that area of New York. Um, so it's just uh, it, a very interesting and intriguing place to go to. I don't get much sleep when I if I stay there. <laughs> I don't get much sleep. Um, so, but the, you know, the funny thing is, when I've gone to places like that, it's almost like you don't need a lot of sleep. Right. There's an energy uh, about them. Yeah. yeah. Because you're, it's constantly being charged. Mm-hmm. And I find that every single time, and I've gone to Lilydale for about 30 years, uh, every time I have gone there. There's the phenomena of synchronicity that operates. And synchronicity means meaningful coincidence. Mm-hmm. Carl Jung, the famous uh, Swiss uh, psychoanalyst, coined that term. And he saw how it was operating, and he talked a lot about it with the tarot, uh, you know, the 78 cards. Mm-hmm. And so uh, when I've been at Lilydale, it seems very synchronistic when I'm there. I get you know, I, you know, somebody says something, I'm like, oh, I was just thinking that, or, you know, somebody gives me a message or something that has a lot of meaning, or, uh, you know, it's just very interesting that, that it, it, it seems to be it's very close. The veil is thin to the spirit world in Lilydale. Yeah, I would, I would have to agree with that. My experiences were very similar. Let's talk about forgiveness. That's an important theme in this new book. Uh, why is it important? Yeah, well, I spend a lot of time in this book writing about um, the cornerstone, what to me is the cornerstone of healing, and that is forgiveness. I think a lot of people misunderstand the true meaning of forgiveness in that people mistakenly believe it means to just okay or say, okay, well, you you know, you abused me, you hurt me, uh, you, you murdered my relative, whatever it might be, whatever affront that we've suffered, uh, that people think that it just means, okay, I'm just going to erase that and I love you, you know. And that's really not the spiritual meaning of forgiveness. What it really means is a release of the past. And it's a conscious decision to not carry the past. And so one of the things that I've learned through many, many thousands of readings is, um, you know, when we do that, we can accelerate our spiritual growth. We can accelerate and, and lessen the baggage that we're carrying for a true realization of freedom. And there are many people that I've read for that have gone down that pathway of having to forgive things that, to me, are, you know, absolutely unthinkable 
I remember reading for a lady who uh, lost, you know, there's been people who have come to me, they've had loved ones murdered, um, you know, and they've had to go down that pathway mm-hmm. of forgiveness, on, on, you know, on different accounts. And that's a very individual, unique process. But it is the cornerstone of healing because it liberates the person from carrying um, that baggage of the past. And that's why it is so essential and so crucial to uh, spiritual growth. Our time is getting short, but I think one of the most important lessons that anybody can learn from this particular book or even uh, from their experiences in sessions with you or maybe other mediums is this the idea that love is eternal. Now, one of the questions I was going to ask you is is the typical, is death the end? But I think you've already illustrated for us that death is not the end. How important is it that we understand that the bond of love is, etern- is eternal and it, and it survives physical death? Well, it's a, funda- it's a fundamental reason um, that I think those who are legitimate and genuine mediums do this work, because if you truly know, and I don't mean in your head, I mean in your heart, a heart knowing in your, and in your soul, that you will be, well, you're really reunited with that person as soon as they pass, because, you know, relationships never end. But if you genuinely know that you will be with them again, that you will be right by their side, and including pets, uh, then they're there really can't be grief. There's simply this element here that we have in the physical plane called time. And that does not exist in the spirit world. Time is is irrelevant there. It's always right now. And that's why I tell people, that's where you'll meet spirit. Many, many people say to me, how can I feel my mom? How can I feel my child? How can I feel my husband or wife? You know, how can I communicate? And you have to pull yourself into present moment. And so that's where that bond of love is. It's never destroyed. It, it is always there. And so to me, that is such a profound uh, comfort to really genuinely get that and to know that, that death doesn't separate us and that we, are, we ourselves are eternal beings. We're going to go on and on and on. This is just one little grain of sand. This lifetime is just one, it's like one grain of sand on a beach. And so it's kind of mind-blowing when you think about that. Um, but that's really the, the reality of, of how powerful and how eternal we are as spiritual beings. One of the things we haven't really talked about much tonight is, um, and it's mentioned on your website, is is your work as a healer. Now, when, when you use the word healer, are you talking about a physical healer or maybe an emotional or, or spiritual healer? Well, um, as I was talking about my my little, you know, humble humble beginnings in, the, mm-hmm. in this field, um, I started with uh, Reiki, which is a Japanese modality of healing, uh, and, and spiritual healing. These are hands-on. And so I did many years. I did a full decade um, of service um, at, a, at a metaphysical center um, near near where I live, and um, of hands-on healing. And I did it every Sunday, and I did it uh, twice a month. And um, so I was trained as a healer, a hands-on healer uh, first, and then I started getting perceptions when I'd be doing the healings. I started getting perceptions about the person, you know, the, the person on the table. Um, and then speaking mediumship developed from, from that. Uh, and I still do Reiki. I, I go to a Reiki share, it's called, a couple of times a month around where I live. And, you know, we trade. We do, like, 15-minute healings on one another. And um, it, it really, for me... Um, Sometimes it, it, it's a good respite from doing so much speaking, and that, that's why I, I enjoy it. And I have to say that Reiki is the most useful um, energy that I have ever, um, you know, used. And I did all three levels. I'm, I'm a, what's called a Reiki master. I've done 
got my mastership in it, and uh, I still use it. And that, that was many years ago, uh, 30, 30 years ago, that I, I got attuned to, to do Reiki. If there's someone who has recently lost, and I mean like very recently, there's obviously with the pandemic, there's been a lot of tragedy and loss, uh, but just in the normal course of life, there's loss. If someone has had a very recent loss, what kind of advice do you give them right now? That they need to feel the feelings. It does no good with any feeling, and I don't care whether it's anger, sadness, um, even what we would call like the negative feelings like jealousy. You've got to feel them in order to either release them, understand them, work through them. So you got to feel the feelings. The point is to not become stuck in them. It does no good to squash feelings. And you got to cry. Um, you know, there's absolutely no shame in that. Uh, you got to feel the sadness. Uh, th- there's no denying that when someone dies, I mean, we can't hug them anymore. We can't pick up a telephone and talk to them. Uh, we can't hold their hand or, you know, uh, sit down and eat with them. It, all of that is gone. But what remains is the core, essential part of our relationship with that person, and that's that bond of love. So all of the physical stuff, I think, is what really what people need to grieve. Uh, and there's no denying, I mean, you're going to miss those those physical things. Um, but then shifting the focus also to what remains, what is there, what is what has not been destroyed, what is still present, and that's love. The new book is called Wisdom from the Spirit World. You mentioned, Carol, that it'll be in, on Amazon available. I think you said September 1st, but it's currently available on your website. You'll actually do an autographed copy if people go to the website. Is that the soulvisions.net? Yes. Yes, and you can actually, with Amazon, you can um, pre-order, and they they ship them out automatically. Um, And so it's just a couple of days, uh, you know, if people would order now. And my other books are on there as well. And what about if someone was interested in getting involved either in one of your group readings or a private reading? Yeah, well, they would call me, uh, and my contact information is on soulvisions.net. And I would also like to mention, if you don't mind, um, I have a professional page on Facebook, and that's facebook.com slash soulmedium, S-O-U-L medium. Uh, And that's my, I post all of my events uh, on my Facebook page. Terrific. Carol, it was great to have you back on the show. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for being uh, a nice, calm, relaxing voice in what really is a bit of a difficult time across the country. We've got this storm barreling down on the Gulf Coast. We've got the pandemic. We've got racial strife. We've got riots. I mean, it's it, there's a lot of anxiety out there, and uh, you've you've offered a lot of uh, light and uh, and hope in your message tonight. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you so much for an excellent interview. And um, I, I wish everybody many kind blessings and peace. Beyond Reality Paranormal is hosted by J.V. Johnson and produced by Orion Palmer and Slick Eddie Edwards. Like us on Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Please consider supporting the program either through your podcast platform, click on the link in the description, or on Patreon at Joha Productions. If you'd like to be a guest on Beyond Reality Paranormal or you have a recommendation for a guest, contact our producer, Slick Eddie Edwards. Eddie is spelled with a Y at slickeddieedwards at gmail.com.